instead of just dying it for fun, I had like a three month long existential crisis. Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi mom. Hello Ingrid. Let's talk about what happened when I changed my hair color. Yes, that's an interesting story. It is an interesting story. This year, as so many people did, I dyed my hair, which I haven't done since I was 10. (laughs) Why did you dye your hair when you were 10, Ingrid? (laughs) Well, that is a good story, too. I dyed my hair when I was 10 because I was in a school play and my parents are not obnoxious show parents but they are stage moms nonetheless and they went all out with me this unravels it it happened a little sooner when you're age 10 but this unravels back two generations to your Hmm. grandma so the reason that this is such a good story of you dyeing your hair when you were 10 is my mom dyed her hair when she was in the school musical in high school so back, oh, back in the that 50s, my mom got the part, and I'm trying to remember, I think she got the part of Lori in Oklahoma first, and then Fiona in Brigadoon. Need, she needed brown hair for Brigadoon? No, she had brown hair. She dyed it blonde. So I'm thinking... Grandma hasn't always had blonde hair? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is news to me. She Well, the hilarious thing is she dyed it in high school for a musical and she kept it that way for the rest of her life. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She has brown hair like me. I have brown hair and my mom's hair color is my hair color if it were ever the right hair color. But as long as you've known her, as long as I've known her, she has been a blonde. I'm trying. I think it was for Oklahoma. I think she was in Oklahoma first. So she dyed her hair blonde her mom her mom went to northwestern her mom was in the theater and so it runs deep in your veins it does (laughs) and then when i was in high school my high school put on west side story so of course my mom was not opposed to it my friend and i dyed our hair black because we were puerto rican as the song goes only when you were kind of light brown, my hair was lighter. It was a little bit more blonde, actually. And my friend, so my friend and I had a light brown hair when you dye it. And then my other friend also dyed it and she had, she was a strawberry blonde. All of our hair started to have a green tint to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really That's so sad. sad. Especially my redhead friend. Her hair turned really green. Just, just like Anne of Green, green Gables. Gables. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It was really bad. So it was kind of fun to dye my hair jet black for a season and then have it fade. Mine faded okay. It wasn't super green. It was okay. Sure. That is funny. So then when you were 10, we were like, oh, yeah, let's dye your hair. No problem. It's the it's the generational trope. <laughs> that is really fun. Yeah, so I played Belle and Beauty and the Beast in my elementary school play. And we did the full production, not a junior version. It was like a full two-hour-and-a-half-hour musical as 10 and 11 year olds and 
I played Belle, and it was the reason that I became a actor in a lot of ways. Um, and I really did love that hair color. I'll post about it on Instagram this week. Um, it was like a dark brown, dark dark brown chestnut. But it had like it. some, yeah, it had it had some red like hints in mm-hmm. it. Um, and I had a a hair piece that I put on, and so we just matched it to the hair piece. And that hair piece definitely had like a few red highlight kind of moments. And I've always loved that hair color. I've also always loved like Liesel in Sound of Music, her like very rich brown mm. color. Um, and so I have thought for a long time, huh, it'd be fun to try that again or go back or do something slightly different or like whatever from my sort of light brown hair that I have had. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to dye your hair when you're an actor because that it means you have to get new headshots and all of a sudden like there's like a lot of money that goes into it and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of change. And so what better year to do it in than quarantine? Mm-hmm. But the story of this year is that it didn't really go as planned the first time I got my hair dyed. And so instead of just dyeing it for fun, I had like a three-month-long existential crisis. Mm. And now we're back to something that I like. (laughs) Now you can smile again. Back Was it November when you dyed it or December? It was December, right? I think it was early December. And what color was it when you first dyed it? Well, I first, when I first dyed it, I, I went to a salon and... She asked me to pick out a color based on, like, this book of swatches she had, which I have now learned is, like, a kind of false promise because you don't ever work with, like, a, you know, perfectly white hair that's going to match that dye specifically. You're starting with the hair that you have, and it's going to react differently. And I didn't really know how to have a voice very clearly in the salon. And so I knew I wanted like a chestnut, like a brown with that like sort of hints at red, like ties this like warm brown. But she directed me toward a like a harsher brown. And long story short, my hair as what was called virgin hair, just like soaked up specific parts of the dye. And I ended up with like dark raspberry. First, I was like straight up Ariel, like red, 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 red. <laughs> cartoon and red. Literally cartoon red. And then she was like, oh, let me try to go darker. And then she put on like practically black so that by the end, I was just like like an octopus. <laughs> like it dark. Raspberry. Yeah, dark raspberry. And I was mortified. And I came to work and they were all like, wow, do you like it? And I was like, ah. <laughs> No one even has like nice things to say about it. They're just concerned, and I'm concerned. And it was a really, really hard couple weeks. She also took it shorter than she should. She like didn't listen to how the length that I wanted it. It was like not a very good experience at all. And it took, you know, like another month to find a new salon that I trusted could trust because I had like talked to other people about it and you helped me pay for it because stripping such dye that quickly and coming back is like a really expensive process so it took like three or four weeks which felt like a long long time of looking in the mirror every day and being like I don't know who I am this is very strange I ended up what it ended up teaching me is just how much hair seems to affect personality which Mm. is something that I think that I knew because of wigs that I've put on in my life and I take Mm -hmm. pride in the fact that I can kind of put on any 
color wig and it works at least from the stage mm-hmm. but there's something comforting about that because i'm in a character that i've already placed inside that hair color and so i felt like i had to put on a character within my own body every day which was uncomfortable mm-hmm. so we're finally back to a place that i like i'm learning still that hair dye is, is like kind of a finicky process because mm. um, even when i've gotten my my roots dyed again Sometimes it's a little more red, sometimes it's a little more brown, and it's hard to, like, keep it super consistent. Mm -hmm. So I'm accepting that a little bit more, but I'm really liking the sort of auburn brown that I have now, finally. (laughs) Yeah, it took a few rounds because you had it lifted. Didn't you have to go back after you had the color lifted? No, thankfully she did it in one fell swoop. I had a consultation with the lady that I go to now Mm -hmm. where she was, like, where she talked me through a few ways that I could, like, pull out some of the color on my own. Mm-hmm. So that when she went in, it wasn't quite as long of a process because basically I was paying for the time that it took. What did you do to lift it? She was like, okay, I know this is going to sound wild, but trust me on it. You can just wash your hair with like the harshest soaps possible. Like Dawn dish detergent, right? Yeah. She was literally <laughs> like, use dish soap. And she was like, go back and forth, like get buy a really, be- really nice conditioner, mm. use dish soap, and then sit on that conditioner for half an hour Mm. and then like go back and forth so that it doesn't like totally destroy your hair and then when I came in she was like very professional and you know she knew what she was doing to pull out the rest of it and then put the new on and Mm -hmm. my hair felt totally like soft afterward Hmm. which was remarkable but it was a very interesting uh, two weeks washing my hair with dish soap yeah and then you got the color and then you had it touched up yeah i had it touched up before my headshots because now i do have to get new headshots and it turns out that time she actually did skew a little bit more redhead and Mm. she kept my roots pretty light and that was like i had to kind of swallow that pill because my i was getting my headshots the next day and i couldn't go pay for that again so now my headshots are pretty redhead and i totally could go back to my photographer and say hey can we like edit these a little bit browner that is an option i can do that Mm. and then you went for the third time to this new person and got them touched up well yeah so i i'm about to go on a contract again yay back to the theme park that i went to last year so i just wanted to make sure that my hair really looked like one color when i went that way they could get used to that and then it'll fade out through the summer and this time they they matched my roots a little bit more accurately to the bottom of my hair so that it looks a little more brown than it does redhead which is what i wanted in the first place yeah it's still definitely if you looked at it especially in the sun but even in the shade you'd say oh that ingrid's a redhead i might say might say that or brunette i guess i would say brunette right that's the question is people are people have a hard time deciding which one it is which is what i kind of like about it that's what i wanted like a warm warm brown and as it fades it does feel a lot more brown which Mm. is what i like so it gives you flexibility with the personalities that you put on when you act I guess so. That wasn't the goal. This is something that all, that still feels like me, mm. but maybe feels a little bit like the sound music fantasy part of me. <laughs> feels like sophisticated adult me. There's something about that. I don't know. I also That's like fun. put my hair a little bit shorter than just like the really, really long that I've always had. People would still call it long, but for me, it feels a little more shoulder length and that feels older too. So there's probably a little bit in there that Like, I felt older when I was 10 with brown hair, and I feel Mm. older now Mm -hmm. with slightly darker hair, too. There's something that just, like, feels like a (laughs) (laughs) grown-up. It's interesting how little 
physical outward appearance changes. I, I would say probably especially your hair or for me, glasses. If I got a different oh, shape, yeah. shape of glasses, that would very much change the appearance that I have. Yeah, it totally does. And that's what like it's one thing to change your appearance when you are expecting to. But when you're when it changes in a way that you didn't expect it to, it's interesting what you learn about yourself. I think it's interesting for me to sort of discover in this conversation that one of the reasons I like this hair is that I do feel more sophisticated <laughs> because that would make sense why when that first dye process happened and I ended up a raspberry, I was like mm. extra mortified because that is the opposite of the spectrum. That is like mm. playful and fun and kind of like punk mm -hmm. and like all of the things that I had expected to do the opposite of. Mm hmm. You know, I, and I think with that kind of a color, that like dark raspberry is something that I personally attach to like a lot of people that dress consistently in 1950s wear or like, you mm. know, when you go into a 1950s recreation shop and mm -hmm. like it feels like every girl behind the counter has jet black hair mm -hmm. with like the small bangs that they've curled under like mm -hmm. perfect 50s and they've got like tattoos all over <laughs> and they're in this cool polka dot dress and i love me a 50s dress <laughs> i own so many of them we've actually given away some but there are at least eight still in your attic mm -hmm. <laughs> it feels i love them but i want to love them in a like very classic musical sort of a way and not in this like avant-garde mm. alternative sort of way that these often the women behind the counter were and I don't know why I feel strongly about that, but I do. And so it was very strange to then be put in that second category of a person that I don't really understand. And I appreciate them and we have like something in common, but not a lot in common. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I had to be sassier or like harder. I don't know. I was I was worried too because I, I always look at people like that. Maybe this just happens to do with my own assumptions about other people which is something i could deconstruct <laughs> but i i don't know i just think of them as like having as like having grit which is not a bad thing like i just think of them as like hardy people and i especially a place like work which is the one place that i interact with people outside of my <laughs> roommates i work really hard and really fast and i've been told that i'm intimidating before just because i i hold a really high standard mm. and come along, jo like join me, but I'm mm -hmm. not going to lower my standard for you. So like keep up. Mm -hmm. And so I was worried that a dark hair color like that would, would take away like any semblance of softness. I guess what I didn't know about myself is that I was, I was relying on my like soft exterior, mm -hmm. <laughs> like blonde hair, blue eyed, mm -hmm. you know, small frame. To be approachable. To be approachable so that then I could sort of surprise them with this like. And the next thing hard is. Hard as nails. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was worried that I I, I couldn't offset. Like, I like had to change now <laughs> my personality to be gentler to offset my hard exterior. That is interesting how we carry our appearance and expect our appearance to do the communicating for us to a regard. Yeah. I guess you're right. What I think people are discovering is communicating for them and it's every, everybody has their own style but masks face masks right the oh, explosion absolutely. of face mask styles in the world there are now and 
the style of face mask, it speaks for you to a degree, your personality. That's a great point. And we, I know we've, we joked about this early in the pandemic, like, oh, I bet at some point this is going to be part of fashion. And lo and behold, it absolutely is. My roommate and I were on the subway the other day and we saw a ad for Gucci masks. Mm, I was like, who is paying Gucci money for a mask? But lo and behold, we looked down the subway car and there was someone with a Gucci bag and a Gucci Gucci mask. And I was like, oh my gosh, how have we gotten here? Wild. (laughs) Well, a friend of ours is a fancy headband designer. She's an artist and she went into merchandising and she designs headbands and she started designing masks. I'm sure the masks are close to the price of Gucci. They're beautiful. Yeah, of course. Absolutely beautiful. And I love that. I mean, that's true. I'm always, (laughs) I match my my mask to my Trader Joe's shirt now, at least in color scheme. Do you have that many? Masks? Yeah. I have enough. Well, I used to have Trader Joe's specific masks before they got like too old to wear. Then you just have enough. But I have pastel blue, a pastel pink, a black, and a like blue and black patterny one. So I just go per family. I have plenty of different types of pinks throughout my Trader mm. Joe's shirt, so I can always <laughs> wear a pastel pink. And then I have like lots of greens and lots of different blues, and so that works for the blue mask. I've got a taxi yellow shirt that I wear with black pants and my black <laughs> mask. <laughs> That's funny. What's hilarious <laughs> is that I work almost consistently in the warehouse in which I don't even see customers. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, it's funny how it, yeah, that totally does, it does change things. And that's true about everything else. I mean, women change their earrings and it feels like I change my personality. And I do match mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, if I if I wanted to feel stronger in a day, I was just going to say I put on a red lip, but I don't because I wear a mask. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, I wear a bigger hoop where you can put on eyeliner. Like there are things that we do mm-hmm. that change that I think it was just the like the surprise of having someone choose that for me yeah for sure it was taken away from you for a while it didn't match your perception and it was taken away from you I wonder if that's the way people feel when they have to I mean it it would that's very existential but when they have to shave their head for a chemotherapy or things like that oh I'm I'm sure it is yeah, it's it's not your choice. That is a far more dire circumstance than I. Definitely. I don't even want to compare myself to that kind of a situation. <laughs> but the concept that something being thrust upon you that's not your choice that you have to own and walk yeah. around in, and and it's and it's forward. <laughs> your hair color is forward in your presence. Yeah. It's not like it's not like your shoes that not right. everybody see first thing. So, uh, yeah, that that is something that you ha- you had to adapt and and recognize and say, okay, who am I? You have to ask a little bit about who am I? Am I still who I am even with this yeah. different hair color? How can I make sure that who I am is conveyed to people because my hair color is not representing who I think I am or who I want to yeah. convey myself to be. Yeah, yeah. And there was like a larger layer of trust that I had to keep out there for people that I already knew. Like I asked some of my friends at Trader Joe's when they were like, oh, like, what do you think about it in the next first few days? And and I was sort of lamenting to them and I shared how I'm like worried that I'm going to come across as too hard, you know, like not kind enough now. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, I've never thought of you as a like as a person that's uh like inconsistent or like hard to work with i've never you know like i've never thought of you that way i like i think you're what did what did one of them say 
I think you have a high standard, but I don't think of you as like hard to work with or like too intense. I've never thought of you that way. And I was hmm. like, oh, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> but I just sort of had to like keep that kind of trust extended that they weren't going to take me the wrong way, which is what we each have to do every day is sort of just trust people to understand us. And there's like a funny balance of, of saying things and giving yourself to the world in a way that you feel like you are proud of mm-hmm. and trusting them to give you the benefit of the doubt and to, to understand you in a certain way and not like assume the worst in them until they've given you, you know, some example of mis- misunderstanding. The benefit of the doubt. That is an interesting phrase. Where do like, how does that we should unpack that? Because when I doubt, I often think of it as being negative. But when you give someone the benefit of the doubt, I guess mm. it means that you've chosen not to give them a final judgment and assessment and valuation. You've cho- chosen to leave room for doubt to leave room to possibly change. Isn't that interesting? Because we don't always think of, usually when we say doubt, it's not positive. But in this case, when we're talking about giving someone the benefit of the doubt, we're giving them the room to change and to show themselves to be different than our first impression. Yeah, I wonder where that phrase came from. I do think that like maybe a, a slightly clearer phrase would be like, I'd like to give them the benefit instead of my doubt. Or like, because it's, it's true, like the benefit of the doubt is an odd phrase. Like you, there is no benefit to doubt, one might say. But oh, but it turns, if since it's a phrase, it turns out there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we shorten things to be a little bit quippier. But that's what is what it means. Yeah, just that I'm recognizing that I'm having some doubt about you right now. But I'm going to give you the, the benefit of that doubt to give you another chance to mm-hmm. assume the best intentions until you prove me right or something it's funny too because i don't like the word assume i never like it when people make assumptions about me but if they're they're assuming the assuming the best intentions if i'm i'm gonna leave room for changing my point of view (laughs) i mean yeah we've talked a long time in our family about updating opinions yeah this is just like preparing ourselves to update our opinion or and and then starting from a place of i'm choosing to believe you have the best intentions here well i'm glad your journey has come around the bend to this place where you're feeling good and you're feeling like tackling the next thing and when you present yourself you feel like you're starting off with a uh, presentation forward of representing who you want to be yeah thanks for for talking to me about it uh, I, I learned a lot about how much pre- presentation matters to me and um, what it means and what it's like to to I guess what it's like to, to trust my relationships regardless of what I look like that's huge that's a huge place to come to I might need to come back and listen to that someday if I uh, my appearance changes drastically my cheer- appearance is changing slowly but not quite as drastically we each go through it that's a lot of our very digital age I think there's a lot for us to unpack every day it's good for us to be recognized well thanks mom good talking to you about this Ingrid have a good week thanks you too thank you for listening to hi mom let's talk if you liked hanging out with us please rate and review us on iTunes we'd love to hear your feedback and your support you can find more relationship tools on our website himompodcast.com if you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story you can DM us on Instagram at himompodcast or write us through our website special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.